This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Alex Shapiro. Let's get into today's show. Today we're talking about prepping our skin for winter. But first, we have a few announcements to make. You guys may have noticed that we are no longer a part of the Exactly Right Network, and we're sad to leave such an awesome podcasting network, but We are moving in what we think will ultimately be a much better fit for our show. We're now with Cloud 10 Media. Very exciting. I know. It's super exciting. I'm really excited because, um, so Cloud 10 is owned by Sim Sarna, who if you are a podcasting OG, you might recognize his name from uh, Anna Faris's podcast from back, back, back in the day. And that's how I actually first uh, knew of Sim. And he reached out to us um, a little bit ago, like shortly after we'd signed with Exactly Right. And he was a fan of our show. And he said, you know, if you guys are ever looking for another network, please hit us up. And I did. And yeah, it's cool because I love podcasts and I kind of love how along this journey I get to meet all the people who really inspired me to begin podcasting and work with them. And it's just going to be a really good fit. At the end of the day, we... I'm so grateful because we're leaving Exactly Right, a much better show than we came on. And we've grown so much in the past two years, Shapiro. We really have. We're so grateful to Exactly Right for so many reasons. We have our whole tribe of beauty baddies now. That's y'all. Y'all listening. And, you know, just growth, progress, all those things. It's exciting. It really is. Yeah, dude, we've grown so much. We used to be a terrible show. We screamed over each other. Started our first episode on an iPad. Don't listen to that episode if you're listening to this episode. And uh, here we are, dude. Real life podcasters. Yes, I'm very proud of us. We've come a very, very long way. And thank you to everyone for sticking with us. Especially after hearing the horrible quality of our very early episodes. Yes. With that, since we're talking about Nunu, let's talk about what's been going on with you lately, Shapiro. I'm like settling into winter life. Mm-hmm. Because we just had like maybe our first, maybe actually officially our second cold day. And that's enough for me to be like, okay, better see friends this week because I'm not going out for the next couple months. Shapiro, no offense, but when? It's been 77 (laughs) degrees the last week. It's been hot as fuck in New York in November. It's been like, you're the only person who's like, it's so cold. I'm like, what? No, today. Today was freezing. You don't think it was freezing? I haven't been outside yet. Yeah. No, it's really cold. And when I biked this morning, my face was so cold and it made me really sad. You are a little lizard. I am a fucking lizard. 
But I was saying earlier, I'm like, I got to go get all my like winter shit, like my um, hot chocolate stuff and like the special fall shit from Trader Joe's. I love that when you're saying winter shit, I thought you meant like bring your winter clothes out and you're like, no, I got to get my special hot chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Like my whole way of life changes. I'm like, okay, what I wore to work today, like I wore fucking black leggings, a black cropped sweatshirt and sneakers. And my first client of the day walked in with the exact same outfit. And I thought it was hilarious. And she's like, she's like it's just a re- like the uniform of everyone who doesn't know how to dress when the weather starts to turn so i'm like funny. it's true the basic bitch uniform well it's like you're almost covered but you still have a crop top on you know what i mean oh yeah as i'm biking i'm like this is so fucking stupid my stomach is freezing <laughs> my poor belly button's so cold right now <laughs> so dumb <laughs> but other than that um i just downloaded shania twain's memoir on my <laughs> on my Kindle. I'm excited to start that. Also because a client who I'm close with texted me asking if I wanted to go see Shania Twain next summer. But I was like, hell yeah. Next summer. Yeah, you got to start planning early when you get what is Shania Twain one of your like favorite favorites? Not really, but I'd be down to see her. I think it'll be really epic. And just like I want to support her. I love you. I love that you just said I want to support her. (laughs) I, I want to support, support Shania Twain. I'm sure she needs no more money, but like whatever. But no, but that's Shapiro. You're just like a, such a kind-hearted soul that you're like, I just want to support her. She's just and so I pretty. think it'll be fun. I'm trying to put myself in like next summer's mode. And I'm like, yeah, in the summer, I'm just down for anything. Your belly button was cold and you're like, buy that ticket right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, give give, give me something to look forward to next summer. Uh, but that's kind of it. And I was just in Florida last week and the weather was really nice and it was delightful. And that will carry me through like at least the next few weeks of cold. And that's it. Can you tell I fucking hate winter? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, As a New Yorker, you're either a spring, summer or you're a spring, fall. Nobody's a winter or anything. So I've been asking people a lot lately, like, are you down for this weather right now? Are you like against it? Because if you're a summer person, such as Shapiro... Fall just means that it's almost becoming winter, which is so depressing because fall is so beautiful. It's my favorite, my favorite season, hands down. I tried to enjoy it more this year so that I wouldn't be so sad. It was a warm fall, so I was into it. It's just so interesting, the mindset. That was always so interesting to me that people were like, no, I hate the fall. It means that winter's coming. It's like, yeah, but that's like three months away. Anywho, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I I live for the fall, dude. Layers, boots. I love I love it, which is also why the last couple of days I've been like, fuck this weather. Give a bitch a boot. Um, but two things exciting happened to me this week. Well, like the <gasps> last me, couple of weeks um, at my Goldman Sachs class. And it's so funny because as each of these things happened, I was like, I got to tell the podcast about this. So one is <laughs> um, we leave we I have to leave my house so early to get there on time so um I usually will like shower at night jump up in the morning slap on a little more deodorant and like run out and I was in the bathroom between classes with my homegirl Lavinia hey girl and she goes oh my god you smell so good what's your perfume girl it happened that was my dream. I just said it two weeks ago. One day, I hope to smell so good that somebody says, mm, that smells great. What do you smell like? And it wasn't even the perfume. Do you know what it was? What? It was that Corpus deodorant, girl. It was that delicious Corpus deodorant, plus, of course, the Lilapa. It was a little combination of both. I sent, of course, immediately links to both products because clearly I love to share product recommendations. And I was like, oh my God, we just talked about this on the podcast. There's a great episode. But my point is that this fucking sweaty bitch... 
smelled delish. Very happy. Wow. Your pit smelled so good. I did. I texted you right after. <laughs> and I was like, tell me, tell me which deodorant it was. Tell me what the scent. No, I was like, tell me which scent it is again. I also said, don't get too excited. It wasn't a man. It was my homegirl. But you still. Did say that. <laughs> that was really, that was really fucking funny. It was awesome. So yeah. I'm like, okay, it's still good. It's still great. It was somebody, dude. It was somebody because I'm just walking around hoping that I don't stink. So somebody's saying the opposite. <laughs> That's a win. (laughs) My dream came true. My dream is someone telling me I smell good. Yeah, it is. Uh, Bitch loves compliments. What can I say? Um, So the other cool thing that happened is actually um, what we're going to be talking about next. So we had this module where we were supposed to speak about our company culture and bring in an object or a picture that really represents your company culture. And if you've never been to either of our studio locations, we have uh, what I've dubbed the bad bitch wall, our bad bitch gallery walls, I should say. And essentially, these are just different, really beautiful picture frames with portraits of women that I stand, I'm just fucking here for. So last week, one of our favorite clients, Jordan, was uh, getting checked out at True Beauty. And I looked at her and she was kind of like, you know, drifting off, looking into the distance. And I was like, girl, what's going on? And she's like, huh? Oh, don't mind me. I'm just standing here looking at the Bad Bitch Hall of Fame. And I started to think about how how much I love our gallery walls at Bad Bitches. I, there's one as soon as you walk into True Beauty. There's another one in each room. I also have one at my apartment. And, you know, these women are so inspiring, which is why we honor them. And I thought it'd be a really good idea to bring a little bit of true beauty to the show. And we're going to spend a little bit of time at the top of each show teaching you about these incredible women. And you're going to learn why they're badasses, why we stand them. I'm very excited for this also because I love history and I love learning about women in history. So I'm very stoked. Me too. I thought of like several people immediately that you might talk about when I conceptualize this idea. So and I think it's going to be fun. We're both going to learn from each other. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. So let's kick off the Bad Bitch Almanac. All right, beauty baddies. It's time to induct one of our own into the Almanac. This is our inaugural introduction to the Bad Bitch Almanac. It's very exciting. And I was thinking, who can we... Who can we bring in? Who can I tell the beauty baddies about that really is a bad bitch, obviously? You know, I wanted somebody from Brooklyn. Today's election day, like I was saying. So I really wanted to have somebody who, you know, maybe paved the way for all of the people that, well, a lot of the people that are running for office today. And I realized that there's only one bad bitch among them that holds all three of those things. And that's the incredible Shirley Chisholm. So Shirley is the first black woman ever elected to Congress in 1968. And um, I'm going to open with a question that Tavis Smiley asked her in a 2003 interview. And he asked which was her bigger obstacle, her gender or her race. And to that, she remarked, I quote, I met far more discrimination being a woman than being black. When I moved into the political arena, there were all kinds of meetings and all kinds of groups that got together in order to stop me from moving up because I was very outspoken, very articulate, and I didn't take any guff from anybody. Bad bitch. So one of my favorite examples that illustrate both her outspokenness as well as her articulation against attacks to sideline her is how she handled her first congressional assignment. 
So she was given her first congressional assignment after she delivered her first floor speech in March of 1969. And so traditionally, first-term members are expected to stay quiet and sort of fly under the radar and like not make waves, but not surely. <laughs> she delivered a speech lashing out against the Vietnam War. And afterward, despite being from Bed-Stuy in New York City, she was assigned to the House Agriculture Committee. <laughs> so rather than taking this political chastisement quietly, she remarked, and I quote, apparently here in Washington, the only thing they know about Brooklyn is that a tree grew there. So Shirley then demanded to be moved to the Veterans Affairs Committee while the Vietnam was still raging. And she stated that there are far more veterans in Brooklyn than trees. So how did a former teacher from Bedside become the first black woman ever elected to Congress? In 1964, Shirley left teaching to enter politics and she won a seat in the New York State Assembly. So while she was there in the New York State Assembly, she helped to pass unemployment insurance for domestic workers, which is such an incredible feat. And before I had to look this up today, um, I didn't know that a domestic worker is really just a euphemism for somebody who provides household services such as housekeeping, childcare, cooking, or laundry. And the reason that this is so important is because after I Googled the definition of a domestic worker, I realized how important this one was for Shirley and also for her congressional district of Bed-Stuy because I'm sure that most of us know this, but for many, many years, and it's still mostly true today, it was either implicitly or explicitly stated that these domestic jobs were the only jobs that were allowed to be given to black Americans, immigrants, and women. And Shirley said, fuck that, them my people. <laughs> so after she fucked shit up in the New York State Assembly by doing things like ensuring that her constituents had the same basic rights as other districts, she set her sights on the national stage and she ran for office in Congress. So once elected, Shirley fought for programs like the Early Education Program Head Start. She championed the Equal Rights Amendment and co-founded the Congressional Black Caucus as one of the original nine members. And so Shirley, Shirley did so many things. But one thing that I just want to mention is, you know, we're living in a time of blue versus red, right? Democrat versus Republican, when in reality, there are far greater things that are going on in this world that really demand that we come together and stop dividing ourselves into these two camps. And so as she was posthumously being awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Obama, he said, and I quote, there are people in our country's history that don't look left or right. They just look straight ahead. And Shirley Chisholm was one of those people. And I love this quote because I think that really what he means is she wasn't about Republicans. She wasn't about Democrats. She was about doing things for the people. She was about her congressional district. She was about moving forward. And, you know, I began our inauguration of Shirley by stating that today's a very important election. And it is. But I'd like to end with one of my favorite quotes from her. And this is um, part of her congressional victory speech from 1968. And she said, quote, I want to say to all of the marvelous people in the 12th Congressional District, Black, Puerto Rican, and white, that without your support and without your faith in me and without your going to the polls today and telling the world that we have a voice, I would not have made it. And so lastly, um, I want to paraphrase a quote that I kept seeing as I was re researching Shirley. And I think that it's incredible because... Shirley stated that she simply wanted to be remembered as a black woman who dared to be herself. When more of us do that, we win. 
So Shirley Chisholm, thank you and welcome to the Bad Bitch Almanac. To honor and to thank Shirley on this election day, I wanted to share one of my favorite sound bites of hers. And so we're going to play a 20 second clip where she passionately demands that all women take change into their own hands by waking up and taking action. Beauty baddies enjoy Shirley. And we'll be back after the break to talk about prepping your skin for winter. You women better wake up if you want to help to change America around. You do the work. You better wake up and don't be afraid. Have confidence in yourself. And the ability that you have is ability and talent given to you by God. And don't let anybody use you. Don't let people continue to use you and to manipulate you. The only thing that you have is your integrity and the principles and the convictions of what we are fighting for in America. In terms of opening up this system so that a lot of people can really feel that they can participate in it and not have that small, tight few that continues to manipulate every one of us. And we're back to talk about skin and winter and what to do for your skin in the winter. Winterizing your skin. So like the way that people winterize their home if they live in a ramshackle house. I think any house. I don't think it has to be ramshackle. But you know what's <laughs> funny, Alex, is I said winterizing your skin kind of off t- offhandedly. And then I was like, is that even the correct terminology? Is winterizing a phrase that people use? Nobody pushed back. Yes. So here we are. Yeah, you have to like winterize your boat. You got to winterize your house. Mm. Or if you live in like, I don't know, maybe you live in a cabin, you really got to winterize because you just got logs. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, I think that this is part of why I part of why I hate winter is because it really does fuck with my skin. Mm. And it in the summer, all the humidity makes my skin look nice and glowy and my any fine lines are smoothed out just naturally. Whereas in the winter, I have to really use product to make that happen. So... I will say that there are a few factors that go into the winter being rough on your skin, of course, depending on where you live. But I feel like the biggest thing is just the air being dry, both outside and inside. And especially if your air is really dry inside your home. I know I wake up in the morning in the winter and I'm like, I can't breathe. (laughs) My throat is sore. My skin's dry. Like everything's fucking dry if I don't have a humidifier on. Mm-hmm. I just remember like these last two winters during the pandemic, every morning I'd be like, is it COVID or is it just my dry ass throat? This morning, as you mentioned earlier, today's the first like really chilly day of the year. And I woke up this morning just feeling and I, I always forget what this feeling is because you said it perfectly, Alex. Everything is just kind of painful. And I was like, why do my eyes hurt? Like, why does my skin hurt? And then I was like, oh, the heat's on. Oh, oh, we're here. Dry air time. Dry air mm-hmm. season. I find it harder to get up in the morning, too, when it's really dry. You just feel, I don't know, you feel, makes you feel shitty. Well, interesting that you say that because uh, mitochondria needs, so mitochondria within our cells is what creates ADP and ADT, which is what creates energy. But mitochondria can't create that without water. And so that makes sense as to why if it's super dry or even during the summer, if you're dehydrated, you have no energy because your cells literally can't create it. Yeah, it's like very obvious to me when I'm dehydrated. Also, I can even see it. Like if I'm out drinking, I'll come home and I'm like, I look older. Yes. 
Like I physically look more dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, don't, oh my God, drinking alcohol at a bar in dry heat inside a bar in the winter is just no. I well, look I look like garbage whenever I go to the bathroom and look in the mirror. Haggard. <laughs> yeah, haggard. So I'd kind of like to touch on because uh, I always want to go back to skin science really quickly on what one of our skin's functions are. What Our skin has several functions. One of them is to protect us. And the way that it protects us is either from the sun, which was why we're always saying to put on SPF. So if you think about SPF being, you know, prepping your sun, your skin for the summer and for the sun, prepping your skin for the winter is really taking the time to... Re- reintroduce all of the things that the air is going to be stripping from our skin. So going back to the functions of our skin, our skin's job is also to cool us down. And so the way that it does that is by releasing sweat, right? But it isn't actually the sweat that cools us. And if you think about it, when you're sweaty, it actually kind of feels gross and like sticky, right? It's that when the wind comes and lifts up our hair follicle and the sweat gets dissolved, excuse me, it gets uh, evaporated. That's actually what cools us down. So it's the lifting of our hair follicles and the evaporation of the sweat from our skin that actually makes us feel cool. And so if we think about that in the wintertime, our skin is still doing the same jobs, but now we can't, We really need that hydration for all the reasons that Alex was just saying. It's so dry. The air is so dry. But the, So the air is coming and it's lifting up what little water we have left And it's really just leaving nothing. And so going again back to sensitized skin, we learned that sensitive skin is sensitive because our skin's barrier is impaired. And the impaired barrier creates a trigger of our immune system that starts to break everything down. Again, because our skin is a job. It's there to protect us. And so if that is triggered, that's when we start to feel, our skin feels really dry, it feels painful, or you start to get those dry patches, um, or you can start to get eczema. This is why people's eczema will only flare up during the winter. So our skin is doing its job, and our job is to then re-nourish, put all of these things back into it that we're naturally losing because the earth is always trying to kill us. (laughs) The moral of the story. Yeah. But it is true. And it's, yeah, everything you said, I mean, it makes so much sense to me. Totally. I think it'll make more sense to the layperson also. And, you know, half of my job on this show, I feel like, is trying to talk y'all into using lotion and to adding water to your skin and to not just use oils because I know it's not you. It's not you, beauty baddie. It's the world. The world is telling you that everything that's in a bottle is bad and all you need is oils and fruits and berries, as they say, in coming to America, which is kind of true. But you need other things also. And water is one of them. And that's because you're constantly losing it. We're constantly losing it from all the salts we'd be eating, from the winds, from the sun, from the air. So, yeah, we got to constantly be putting water back into our skin. And lotion is water and oil. And especially during the winter, it's one of the big things that we need to just stay comfortable. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Sax.com. 
My skincare routine, especially for an esthetician, is pretty minimal, but come winter or come like late fall, I start adding in more serums. I think that's just such a game changer when it comes to your routine in dry air. Serums generally have tiny molecules. So number one, that makes them easier to penetrate your skin. So they're very effective. And when I say use a serum in the winter, usually it is something geared towards hydration. Like even if you have acne prone skin, actually, especially if you've acne prone skin, you probably need a lot of extra moisture because you might be using products that are drying. Sometimes I'll have clients who start breaking out out of nowhere. And a lot of times it's because their skin is dehydrated. And so I think that using a hydration serum is also kind of I don't want to say basic, but if you're just getting into serums, that's a good thing to look for, like hyaluronic acid, something that is a humectant. Humectant meaning it draws in moisture from the air into your skin. I had a client today and she has a really basic routine. She just cleanses and she moisturizes and she uses SPF, which is great. You know, her skin is pretty good. But when I saw her today, I was like, your skin is really dehydrated. Like it's time to add in some hyaluronic acid or maybe I'd recommend something else, you know, depending on your skin. But I gave her a sample of something to try and she texted me before she was like, I was talking to my boyfriend about this sample and he put some on, like he washed his face, put some on and he said instantly he could feel how good his skin felt. And I'm like, yeah serums can do that. It's a lot of times really like instant, but basically you want to use something that's going to draw in more moisture to your skin and you want to do it with moisture in the air, preferably. So I always will sleep with a humidifier on. I know Elizabeth does also. I got two going all day, all day, girl. It's dry. Yeah. Especially when you're sick. Oh my God. So in the winter, I'll go to bed I'll cleanse, maybe I'll exfoliate. I'll put on my hyaluronic acid serum, put my moisturizer on top, and I sleep with a humidifier on my side of the bed. And it helps tremendously. 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 I love all of that. I want to tack on two things, if you don't mind. One is, uh, and it's just because I know that y'all are being fed lies. And so I always want to like catch something that I know you're going to read from somewhere else before you have a chance to read it. And one is that we're in the season of, right, we're talking about hydration, but there's a difference between dry skin and dehydrated skin. Dry skin is lacking oil. Dry skin is a skin type. Uh, dehydrated skin is lacking water. And we are all naturally dehydrated because we're living in this world. Some people during the winter can have drier skin. If you have got normal skin, if you have oily skin, during the winter it could be drier. But if you have dry skin, that means that you're lacking oil. And so during the winter, it's probably exceptionally hard for you because now you don't have oil or water because it's becoming more dehydrated for all the reasons that we just mentioned. But I want to say this because I know that there's a lot of products that are being pushed, especially like quote unquote all natural serums that are just called serum. And it's really just a combination of oils. And granted, it's like some essential oils that can be anti-aging, but the base is going to be probably like a jojoba or maybe a fractionated coconut oil or maybe a sweet almond oil. But I say that because there's still no water. It drives me crazy. This time of year especially is when I start to see people coming in like, I don't get it. I use all of these quote unquote hydrating things, but they're all oils. There's no water in any of these products. And 
you need both. If you've got dry skin, girl, you need both. If you have oily skin, more than likely you probably just need a little bit more hydration. But I'm not going to let you off the hook because oils are what we get the nutrients from. That's where we get the vitamins to feed our cells. So Alex is absolutely right. Hyaluronic acid is an awesome humectant. I like to say specifically hydration or specifically oil so that people don't get confused because the two tend to be interchangeable, but they shouldn't. And the reason that hyaluronic acid is so great is because it's made naturally in your body. It's one of the things that uh, helps our skin's natural barrier. So if you have an impaired barrier, Hyaluronic acid is your best friend because your body is lacking it, and so you're going to put more in. But hyaluronic acid also can hold up to 100 times its weight in water, and it gets that by drawing it from either the atmosphere or from your body. So one is if you're already lacking hyaluronic acid and there's no moisture in the air, there's no water in the air, and then if you're really fucking yourself up and you're not using a lotion, which is water and oil, there's no way for it to add more hydration to your skin because it can't draw it from anywhere. Does that make sense? 1,000%. So if you are doing what Shapiro just told you, you are fucking winning. You're adding hyaluronic acid on top of the hyaluronic acid you already got, and then you're adding water to the air? Mm -mm. The dry skin doesn't stand a chance. Waking up looking like a dewdrop. (laughs) (laughs) Big fat dewdrop. Yeah, I I feel like that's kind of like an easy I don't want to say easy whatever you still got to go buy the serum you still got to go put on your humidifier make sure that shit's clean yes make sure it's clean you have to make sure that it's clean because otherwise you're doing the opposite you're putting bacteria into the air and you could really get sick because if you breathe that in you can send yourself to the hospital so you have to make sure that it's clean there's no bacteria no mold from the year before I'm glad you said that Alex yeah no when I was talking to my client today I was like Dust off the humidifier. Clean it out before you use it, please. <laughs> change the filter. Yeah, change the filter. Oof. I got to do that. I know. I, I got to do it too as soon as I said it. Was like, Girl, I was better, order, better order that. Um, and trust me, when you pull the filter out, you'll be disgusted by it. And you'll say, oh my God, I was just about to breathe this in. So change the filter. Also, I want to say like it's very normal and also a good thing to switch up some of your products when the seasons change. My client today was like, I just don't know what to do. My moisturizer isn't enough. I'm like, this sounds crazy, but you need a different one for the next few months. It doesn't sound crazy. You just need something a little heavier because the earth's trying to kill us in a different way now. Yeah. I'm like, you just need something thicker. Also, your skin is always changing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're 30 this year. You're 29 next last year. She's Benjamin Buttoning, huh? (laughs) 30 this year, 29 next year. Your skin your skin is changing. So it's important to just listen to it and also not necessarily... Yes, there are certain skincare products that you kind of need to use every day or every other to really see results, but it's also okay to just like each day individualize what your skin needs. And, you know, like my skin felt really dehydrated after flying on Sunday and I had been continuously using this vitamin A serum. But I was like, I need more. I I just need moisture right now. I don't even care about anything else. So I skipped it that night and I used something that was more nourishing and it really helped. And Mm -hmm. I used a thicker moisturizer. Like just give your skin what it needs on that day. Sometimes it doesn't always have to be the same fucking thing. Dude, I think all the time. I think all the time, especially if you're using really active things, because it gets to a point that it's it's, it's over. It's you're overdoing it and you're (gasps) and you're breaking down your barrier. You're fucking yourself up, which is what we always say. Yes. You got excited about something, girl. Tell us. 
everyone on social media talking about skin cycling and the amount of clients who have contacted me asking what I think about skin cycling. I'm like, it's what I've been telling all of you to do this entire time. First of all, tell me what the fuck skin cycling is, because you're talking to me as if I am ever on TikTok. First, Alex, I'm really happy. Thank you for thinking that I am somebody who knows anything. Clearly, you forgot who your girl is. I thought you were cool, young and hip. (laughs) Tell the listeners if they're like me what skin cycling is, please. Essentially, it's just cycling your skincare each night so that you're not using active ingredients too often. That's essentially what it is. Duh is right, but I guess whatever. Someone dubbed it skin cycling and now everyone's like, oh my God, skin cycling. And it's like, well, I hope that's what you were doing. But I forget that if you don't have a professional, like an esthetician telling you how to use your products, you're just looking at what it says in the back of the bottle, which might say use every day, even though you shouldn't. So... There's that. It's so funny that a lot of TikTok is just somebody waking up and having a good idea that's kind of obvious and then sharing it with the world. And then the other people who it wasn't so obvious to jump on board and then name it something. It's just like these weird micro trends of things that people are already doing. Yes, but also things that make skincare very generalized annoy me in the sense of like, I've seen some skin cycling things where it'll be like, use your retinol this night, then use your vitamin C this day. It's like, no, there's no, that is individual. It's a hundred percent. Okay. I'm also going to go back on what I just said because I'm thinking about like, fair, with some medical things, you just do it, right? Like if you're going to take antibiotics, you got to do the whole round. You can't take days off. You got to do the whole round. But also no, because you're not going to do that every day for the rest of your life. Right. Listen to your body, dude. Listen to your skin. Listen to your body. And use your head. Use common sense. Yes. Like if you're going through your cycle and you're having tons of breakouts, like maybe you need to step it up a little bit. Maybe you need a little bit more salicylic. Maybe you even need benzoyl peroxide. Maybe you need, you definitely need more antioxidants. But then like the next week when things are good, you probably don't need to do that like every day, three times a day. If you, again, if you do, you fucking up your barrier. Absolutely. So another tip that I will usually advise clients with in the winter is, And actually all year round is being gentle with exfoliation, Mm. not overdoing it. Maybe even if your skin really does kind of go a little crazy with the dehydration in the winter, maybe switching your exfoliator to something that is gentle, like a fruit enzyme or maybe a really gentle lactic acid, something that's not abrasive, something that's going to hydrate you while it exfoliates. Maybe exfoliating twice a week instead of three times. Depending on your skin and what you use to exfoliate, over exfoliating can sometimes dehydrate or dry out your skin even more. So being aware of that. I think sometimes people will see like flaky skin because it's dehydrated and think like, okay, I need to exfoliate more, but actually it's their barrier being impaired and they're just messing with it. So there's that. My other facial client today had a lot of flakiness on her chin and she's like, I've been exfoliating like every day and it's just getting worse. (laughs) And I was like, It is getting worse because I don't think it's just dehydration. I think her skin, the second I touched her face, it got red. And I'm like, you're, you are compromised. I see the opposite. I see that people have more dry patches during the winter because of what we're talking about. The wind is coming and it's drying everything out and they're not exfoliating. And so their skin, their products are now not penetrating. They can't get any moisture or any hydration. And so I have to tell them like, you need to exfoliate. That's why this, like you've got dead, built up dead skin. And so nothing can get in underneath. No, I think it can be either. Hers almost looked like it could have almost been like a dermatitis. Like it wasn't just normal um, 
Like, oh, do a little exfoliation and it'll be gone sort of thing. And it's funny because as you were describing her, and I'm going to take a guess I could be completely wrong, because people will use exfoliating ingredients, and I know that you're going to agree with me, when you ask them about what they, like, if you exfoliate, they'll say, yeah, I use a retinol. Whereas, like, you and I are kind of, we're talking about different things. And that sounds like that girl's probably using her retinol every night. Retinol every night plus... Uh, not every night, but she was using it more than she probably should for her skin. Mm. And also using something else that she didn't realize was an exfoliant, like mm-hmm. a toner that had some acid in it. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely, you know, there's a happy medium. And for yes. her, that was not it. Her skin was really sensitized. But I know her skin, so I know that it's not sensitive usually. Yes. So that it was something she was doing and then in turn was making it flaky. From the irritation. Do you know what I think it is, Shapiro? We just figured this out right in front of the beauty baddies. I love this. So there's different types of exfoliation. There's three different types of exfoliation. There's manual exfoliation, which means that you physically have to move the product over your skin in order for it to work. And so that's anything that's like a scrub, right? That's like your pumice. That's like when we're telling you to use coffee grounds. Um, You have to actually move it for it to work. Then there's chemical exfoliation, which is any combination of the alpha hydroxy or the beta hydroxy acids. So that's your glycolic, your mandelic, your tartaric, your malic, and um, your lactic. And so, and then also your salicylic. Oh, and I'm going to say this also. Chemical exfoliation just means that you don't have to use it for it to work. It works on its own. But what that exfoliation is actually doing is it's tricking your skin cells into speeding up the cellular reproductive cycle. So because our skin is on a 30-day regenerative cycle, that means every 30 days our skin is making fresh skin cells, sending them up the five layers of the epidermis. Once they reach the epidermis, they're dead. And then our body is naturally going to desquamate, which means our body naturally sheds that skin. And so what chemical exfoliation does is it tricks our body into speeding up that cycle, uh, making it happen faster, which is why when you do a chemical peel, it's actually peeling the skin. That's the dead skin cells that just like shot up that we just manipulated your skin into creating faster. So when you use any of these chemical exfoliating ingredients in like a toner or something along those lines, it's not reacting quite as fast as when you do a chemical peel. But it's still the same idea. It's speeding up that regenerative cycle. But if you're not speeding up the rate at which you're desquamating, then that starts to create platelets. It's just building up, building up, building up because the rate at which your body naturally desquamates doesn't change, even though you're manipulating that cycle. The last way that we exfoliate is with enzymes, with papaya, which is papain, um, or you can do pumpkin enzymes or pineapple enzymes, which are bromelain. And the way that these enzymes work, they're also chemical exfoliants in that you don't actually physically have to move them in order for them to work. They work on their own. But these just eat the dead skin. These don't go into your epidermis. They're not doing anything to your skin cells to speed up that reproductive cycle. They're just eating the dead skin that's on the surface of your skin. And so that Shapiro... In which what we're talking about, that's what is the difference between the exfoliation types. The girl that's having a reaction, that's having peeling, like irritated skin, she's using more chemical exfoliants. She's using things that are speeding up the reproductive cycle of her cells, and that's triggering an immunoresponse by her body. Yes. The exfoliation that you and I are talking about for when your skin is drying out and you have extra platelets and then moisturizer, products, nothing can penetrate, is enzymatic or physical. But if you're feeling a little bit more sensitized, enzymatic, because that's just going to eat away that dead skin that's not doing nothing but stopping the moisture from going in, stopping your serums from, from penetrating. Gentle, gentle. 
Boom, baby. We just fucking solved that right here in front of the beauty baddies. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. Science wins. I love this for us. That was exciting. I do too. And exfoliation is amazing, honestly. <laughs> because I think it solves so many things, but also just makes your skin look really good. When you find your right exfoliator that works for you, it's amazing. Exfoliating is the key to skincare, and it's the one thing that nobody knows why we're doing it. So it's the one consistent thing that people don't do. And it's the one thing yes. that we all need to be doing. I find oftentimes either a client isn't exfoliating at all or they're exfoliating way too fucking much. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so hard water is another thing that I think really can irritate our skin during the winter, especially, and really dry out our skin. Um, and we, Alex and I were talking about this before. We're not the types of estheticians that will say, don't take a hot shower because I live for hot baths. I live for hot showers. But it's not really, it's not helping your skin at all, really. It's it's kind of drying it out a but little I bit But I still more. do. What am I going to do? Take a cold shower? You know, no, some people do, but we're not those people. Listen, it's the same as some estheticians will never go in the sun ever. They don't uh, yes. go to the beach, but I, I like to live my life. So. You know, get wild. <laughs> So um, there is a solution and it's very easy if you live in an area where hard water really affects you. Like I have a lot of clients that either will come from Europe or they come from Europe and move here or move from here to Europe. And most people, if they have um, problematic skin, will have what I'm about to describe to you, which is Europeans who move here who have problematic skin here being New York. They have worse skin. American New Yorkers who move to Europe who have problematic skin, their skin gets better. And generally speaking, these are very broad generalizations, but the reason is the hardness of our water. We have very hard water here in New York. And I got a water filter this year. I already bragged about that. I've got one from a faucet in the kitchen. Best tasting water I've ever had in my life. I've got one now in my shower. And you know what? When I get out of the shower now, my skin doesn't feel stripped mm. which is what it used to feel and I didn't realize that until again now this the seasons are changing and I realized like my my skin doesn't physically hurt like it's not itchy it's not painful when I get out of the shower so shout out to water filters but also let's talk about what's in hard water that kind of makes it hard Ooh, tell us well especially in in our old studio on Graham Avenue you know if somebody ever asked for a glass of water is immediately embarrassed and I was like yeah they're from New York they know this because you would pour a glass of like milk oh, it almost looks like and then slowly and I would say here's your glass of milk and they're like uh-huh, Brooklyn tap and slowly it would clear up but it's because we've got such a high mineral content it's a high mineral content and it's a lot of other things but if you google hard water they're just going to tell you that it's a high mineral content. And so essentially, as water travels into our pipe system, it's going to travel through rock and earth and pick up all of these minerals along the way. But in this old ass city of New York, love this place, we have so many different plumbing systems dating all the way back to probably New Amsterdam. And there's new buildings and there's old buildings. And you really don't know what kind of water you're going to end up getting because by the time it comes here from upstate New York and all of our plumbing systems, it's now picked up, you know, heavy metals, rust, like all the things that are in our pipes that we don't necessarily know. So all of these combination of facts is leading to this hard water that we see staining our glasses. We can feel it on our skin. Again, if I, I said, if you have problematic skin, you definitely see it on your face. And during the winter, especially, it can just be really irritating, really painful. So a really easy uh, solution 
Super easy. You can get a shower filter. It's literally $30 on Amazon. It's very easy to install. Your girl, Liz Lemon, installed both of her filters and the faucet and in the shower within like 30 minutes. No tools required. You might need tools. I didn't need any tools. Super, super easy. Very affordable. It's about $40. And you instantly see a difference. You feel a difference. My only complaint, and maybe a Google search will tell me this, maybe one of the beauty baddies, is y'all know I love baths. Now my bathtub is filled with hard water if I ever want to take a bath. My shower's great, got great filtered water, but when I'm actually submerging my whole body and sitting in it for like 30 minutes with all my great salts that we told y'all about in one of our past episodes, I'm just sitting in that hard-ass water. So now I got to get a tub filter, see if that exists. I hope it does. I know, I'll tell you about it, Shabira. I know you like baths also. I hope I'm not blowing your mind yeah, right now. I love baths. Okay, it's one thing about winter that I love. Yes. We're going to do a bath episode, I think, because oof. Mm. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. I feel like that was a great episode. We talked about filters. We talked about hyaluronic acid. We talked about hot water. We talked about what else did we tell them about, Alex? Humidifiers. We basically, we told you about skin exfoliation. Y'all know the truth. Y'all are going to be just fine this winter. And let us know. You guys have to write us and tell some of your favorite products, some of your favorite tricks. And, um, yeah, I want to know what you think, how you winterize your skin. So with that, next week we have, oh, we've got a great guest next week. I'm excited. We're going to be speaking with one of my um, classmates from the Goldman Sachs program. His name is Charnay. He's an incredible barber who also works at Rikers teaching prisoners, um, giving them barbering skills. So when they leave, they have a transferable skill. And we're going to be talking a little bit about prison reform. And I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about the convergence of beauty and, and everything. I'm very, very excited for that. That's something that I think is really important for people who are in prison to be able to get educated in something like they can bring with them when they get out. Because as we know, prison itself doesn't teach you much Mm -mm. as far as um, how to acclimate back into the world. Totally. This is a great example of how beauty can infiltrate communities, how it is so much about our culture, how much it defines us. It's so much greater than, you know, this it's so much greater than vanity. It's so much about who we are at the core. And I think that this is going to be a really interesting way to see how it can serve another purpose so, uh, socially. So that's that, guys. You know what else you could do. You can DM or email us your listener letters and your beauty baddie moments of the week on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast or True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow our personal Instagram accounts. I'm at Alex Lindley. I'm at the Run Elizabeth Taylor. You can make an in-person or virtual appointment at truebeautybrooklyn.com to hang with me, Elizabeth. And you can make an in-person appointment with Alex at cheekybrooklyn.com. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. The True Beauty Brooklyn podcast is produced by BetaWave and Elizabeth Taylor and is mixed by BetaWave. Follow us on Instagram at truebeautybrooklynpodcast. And if you'd like to further support the show, consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.